Hello everybody and welcome once again to another episode of Kaiju Carnage. I am your host, Cal the Kaiju Guy. Alright guys, today I have a, um, a pretty controversial film, not just in the, uh, in the Godzilla franchise, but in the Kaiju genre in general. Uh, today's episode is on the 1998 Godzilla film that was done by TriStar Pictures. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to start things off by just openly telling you guys, and any one of you that follow me on Facebook already are aware of this, but if you don't follow me on Facebook, I'll just go on ahead and tell you. I love this movie. I've, I'm a big fan of it. Um, I didn't get to see it in theaters whenever it first premiered, but I did see it like almost immediately after it came out on, uh, on home video, uh, went and got the cassette and I wore that cassette tape out watching this movie over and over and over again. I was a big fan of it and it's just, it's one of those things to where like, yeah, I knew I was a big Godzilla fan. And I knew that they had changed a lot of stuff, like a lot of stuff, the design, the, the atomic breath, the origin, like they, they changed so much about Godzilla to where this really isn't even a Godzilla movie. I knew all that going in, but I was still like in my brain, like I, I can remember always telling myself like, okay, there's Godzilla and then there's the American version of Godzilla. And I was just completely able to differentiate the two from one another. And I, I never really had any had any problems with uh, moving forward and being a fan of the movie. And <clears throat> I know that there's a lot of people that absolutely despise this movie. I've met a few of them. And trust me, I understand. I do. I absolutely understand uh, anyone's reasons for not liking this movie. Uh, not just because of what they did with Godzilla, but I mean, I'll be honest here. There's a lot of a lot of the dialogue is pretty pretty rough here and there. The acting is uh, pretty rough. Um, I know a lot of people were very upset with uh, Matthew Broderick being in the film. They believe that he was miscast. I've never really had a problem with him being in the movie. To me, he's one of the highlights of the movie, as far as I'm concerned. But, yeah, that's pretty much just my personal opinion on the movie, as of right now. <laughs> but, um, so I just wanted to share that before I actually jump into it. But, guys, I'm going to let y'all know, there was a lot of, there was a lot of stuff that went into making this movie. Um, multiple pitches to multiple studios, multiple uh, script rights and rewrites and everything else. And I'm just going to go on ahead and say that for all of you that do not like this movie or you just thought it was merely okay and that it could have been better, trust me, guys, with all of the ideas that was kind of being thrown around, um as to what this movie was going to be going to be, I think we definitely got the best version that there was. And I'm going to jump into the different versions that were discussed 
and that scripts were actually written for these particular versions. And just trust me, if you didn't like the version of the movie that we actually got, you would have 100% hated the ones that were being talked about before they settled on this one. So, <clears throat> all right, I've wasted enough time talking about all that, so let's just jump into it. Now, the movie came out in 1998, but it all of this really began about trying to acquire the movie in 1992. There was a producer and distributor, his name was Henry Saperstein, and he'd gotten permission from Toho to pitch a movie to an American studio. Now, Henry, he was a huge Godzilla fan, you know, like a lot of people um, in that was, you know, jumped into Godzilla. <clears throat> Pardon me. Like a lot of people that jumped into Godzilla, like in the 90s and all of that kind of stuff, they grew up watching uh, the Godzilla films, you know, from the Showa era and all that whenever they were kids. <clears throat> Pardon me again, guys. I'm sorry. <clears throat> but, um, so he had grown up watching Showa era Godzilla films and he was a big fan of the character. So he really wanted to be able to pitch a movie for an American studio so that he could have something to do with it. And he had been trying for a decade to get, uh, this permission from Toho and he finally got the permission. So he go the first uh, the first studio that he pitches it to is Sony. And the particular reps that he uh, pitched it to were two individuals. One's name was Kerry Woods. The other one's name was Robert Freed. And pretty much tells them, hey guys, I want to make a Godzilla movie. Uh, want it to be American production. Uh, Toho will have approval and all of that, but they're not really going to have anything to do with actually making the movie. And so he gave them the mission to go and find a production studio. So they set out, they go looking for production studios. Uh, they pitched it to Columbia and Columbia just flat out turned it down because they, they thought that the Godzilla films were quite frankly, just kind of goofy to, they were too much for children and they just didn't really, <clears throat> they just didn't really want to mess with it. So next, they go to TriStar. Now, TriStar is actually the production studio that ended up making the movie, but initially, they turned it down. They didn't want anything to do with it, basically for the same reasons that Columbia did. And they just kept going and pitching to different studios, and everyone that they was going to, they were just, they were just being told no, that... No, we're not, we're not going to make the movie. We don't want to touch it. We don't want anything to do with it. So these guys actually... <clears throat> uh, TriStar is part of Sony. And since these guys worked for Sony, they decided to go over TriStar's head and go directly to the CEO of Sony. Now, his name was Peter Gubert. Yeah, goober. <laughs> Poor fella. But, um, so they go directly to Peter to pitch the movie and see if they can get this made. Luckily for them, Peter 
was a massive Godzilla fan. He had he had grown up on the Showa era films, like they were a, a major part of his childhood. He was a huge fan, and <clears throat> whenever, like he's quoted by saying like. Whenever they actually came and said, hey, we want to make a Godzilla movie, like, he stopped it. He stared at him for a moment, and he said, like, fire-breathing Godzilla? Japanese Godzilla? And they said yes, and he's like, absolutely, we're going to make this movie. And so, right then and there, uh, the CEO of Sony had spoken. He contacted TriStar, basically said, whatever reasons you had for not wanting to do the movie, wad them up, throw it out the window, it's not going to be a problem. We're making this movie. So, he contacts the chairman of TriStar and basically says, okay, guy, you're going to Japan to meet with Toho and we're going to oversee the deal. Because Henry Saperstein, he only had permission to pitch a movie. And so it was pitched and it was good, but Toho had still not given their permission nor their blessing. There was no licensing that was done or anything like that. <clears throat> and so now they have to go to Toho, actually like try to work out a deal to see what all that they were going to, you know, how it would benefit Toho for them to be able to make this movie because Toho is extremely, they were then, they still are now. They are extremely protective of Godzilla. Like, it's a big franchise for them. They they love the franchise, and they don't want any negative light being put on it. And so they're very protective of it, and so they were going to have to make a very, a very lucrative deal to Toho so that they can get the movie. And they made, they made a pretty good doggone deal. The deal that was pitched to Toho is that TriStar would give them a $400,000 advance. Just, you know, that's not any profits or anything like that. Like, hey, we're going to give you $400,000 right off the bat to make this movie. They were going to get an annual licensing fee. Like, uh, for however many years, like from the moment they would say, okay, you can make the movie, it's going, and if it took them six years to be able to make the movie, they were going to get a licensing fee for, for those six years that it was going to take to make the movie. Uh, they were going to get production bonuses. Uh, they were going to get a profit percentage of what it did in the box office. Um, they also wanted to have the use of other Toho movie, um, not movies, I'm sorry guys, they wanted to have the use of other Toho monsters, and so they paid them for that. Like, uh, <laughs> like they they just made them a very a very good deal money wise, and Toho was they were pretty happy with it, and so they were like, okay, we like everything that you just told us. So, the response that Toho gives, they send. TriStar, a four-page rule set for Godzilla. Like, it was just, you know, this whole big set of rules and everything. I really don't know what the rules said, per se, 
but it was four pages of rules and it kind of blew um it kind of blew everybody's mind whenever they set it back because they're like holy mackerel you know <laughs> like these guys really are pretty protective of uh of the character and so after they got the uh the rules they overlooked everything um, they looked over everything and basically they were like okay we can we can abide by these rules it's all good and all that so do we have a deal and toho said yep we have a deal so in late 1992 uh tristar officially acquired the rights to make a godzilla movie but it still wasn't completely set in stone. So they had gotten the rights to make the movie, but now Toho still has to approve anything that they do for the movie. So they're really not out of the water yet, but they're they're getting pretty close. So by now, it's starting things are starting to rumble amongst fans and all of that that an American production of Godzilla is coming. Uh, it's starting to happen in uh, Japan and America and everything. Everyone is real happy, very excited. Um, Toho was very excited to see what an American production company could do because they knew that <clears throat> uh, American production companies were far more heavy on digital effects as opposed to practical effects. And so they were very excited to see what uh, the digital effects were going to be like for the movie. Uh, Haruo Nakajima who is best known as the man who played, he was the suit actor for Godzilla in the original film and went all the way to 1976, I believe, of playing Godzilla. He also played uh, Rodan. He was the uh, main actor uh, for the Mothra suit whenever they made Mothra. So he's, he's been attached to Godzilla for quite some time. He was very excited uh, about what the movie was going to be like. Ishiro Honda, who was the director of the original uh, 1954 Gojira film, and he had also directed uh, multiple other films for Toho at that point in time. He uh, directed Rodan, uh, King Kong vs. Godzilla. Like, he just, the list goes on and on. He had directed a whole bunch of movies for uh, the Godzilla franchise, and he was very excited to see what was going to happen. So they were just going to kick back and basically see what in the world uh, the Americans were going to uh, do. So, uh, so they go out, they start trying to find directors and script writers and all of that. Now, the original director that they had found, he was a Dutch director, and his name was Jan de Bon. And so they bring him on board, and they're like, okay, Let's uh, start making the movie and all that. Write out a, a, a screenplay. Let's see what you got. And his screenplay was... Uh, this is one of those... This is one of the ones, guys, <laughs> that I told y'all. If you didn't like the version that we got, you're gonna dislike some of the ones that were thrown around. And this dude, he wasn't attached to the project very long, thank God. One of the things that he, the biggest changes that he wanted to make was there was going to be no atomic origin for Godzilla. None. Like, nothing to do with radiation or anything like that. Godzilla, in his original version, was going to be an artificial creation that was created by Atlanteans. 
and he was going to defend the Earth from an alien that was just simply called the Griffin. Now, he left the project in 1994 after he had already, you know, written all kinds of stuff about the script and everything and made these massive wild changes. But here's the thing. He leaves the project in 1994, and it had nothing to do with the script being what it was or the story being the direction that he wanted it to go. He left... Because TriStar wanted the movie to have a budget around $80 million. And after everything, after he wrote everything down and he started estimating, like, okay, it was going to be very digital effect heavy. And he was going to need this amount of money and that amount of money and everything else. They wanted it to be $80 million and his version was going to be about $120 million. And they said, no, we want it to be at about eighty. He stood firm about 120. TriStar wouldn't budge. He wouldn't budge. And so he said, okay, you know what? If I'm not going to be able to make the movie the way I want it, I want to make it, I'm leaving. And so he left. And to me, that's just crazy that it wasn't that Godzilla was going to be an artificial creation by Atlanteans of all things. It was because he couldn't get the budget that he wanted. So, to me, that was just like, ah, I'm so glad we didn't get that version of um of the movie. Now, before that director came on board, they had hired two script writers or screenplay writers. One's name was Ted Elliott. The other's name, the other's name was Terry Rojo. And they wrote the first screenplay. They were hired before DeBont was. And they tried to get them, these guys, to write uh, the screenplay at first, like TriStar did, because they were they had written some pretty good scripts for other like sci-fi films at the time. Uh, some of the films that they've done uh, is escaping my brain right now, but they had done they had done some pretty sci-fi heavy movies, and so they wanted them to be able to do it, and. They kept turning them down. They kept just saying, no, we don't want to do it because they like they didn't really know what they were going to do with a Godzilla movie because to them, Godzilla was very mysterious. Like there was parts of, you know, some of the old Godzilla movies, he's a villain. There's other Showa era Godzilla movies where he's a hero. And there's some movies where, you know, he's, He's allied to this monster in this one, but he's the enemy of that monster, that same monster in this movie. And, you know, then the Heisei era had begun and they had rebooted the whole thing, turned him back more towards a villain. But then they were kind of making him, pushing him back towards being a hero again. And they were just very, like, they didn't know what Toho wanted they didn't know what Toho wanted the character to be. So they were basically like, uh, we, we really don't want to mess with it or anything. And <clears throat> Toho was really pushing for Godzilla to be a good guy at this point in time. But they didn't really see him as a good guy. The way that they described Godzilla was he was more like a territorial beast. And they're like, how can you have like a territorial beast that's also a good guy. And so they were just like, they, they were just very confused and they didn't want to mess with it. So 
they actually turned TriStar down about three or four times until finally TriStar really nailed them down. Like, guys, please just come on. Let's. They made it worth their while. They were going to pay them a pretty good amount of money and everything. They finally agreed to come uh, to come on board. Now, this version of the script that they wrote came before Debont's version of the script because they were hired first. I just went ahead and mentioned Debont first because he was uh, the first director. But this was actually going to be the very first screenplay for the movie. And the inspiration behind this version, this particular screenplay, believe it or not, was Moby Dick. Um, basically, the little storyline that they came up with was like there was a woman who lost her husband to Godzilla. And she was basically going to go on this uh, revenge journey to try and get Godzilla because of him killing her husband. And the main goal that these guys had that they had come up with because they were so confused at first about should he be a hero, should he be a villain and all of that. So they decided to make this movie that would take place over a time frame of about 12 years. Like, that would be the timeline of one movie. Like, a 12-year timeline. And it was going to be pretty long. I don't know the exact length of it, but it was going to be long, what they came up with. And they were basically going to combine the very first four Toho films. Because in the first four Toho films, naturally, the original one is 1954 Gojira. He's a full-on villain. The second movie was Godzilla Raids Again. He's still a villain. Uh, the next one was King Kong versus Godzilla. He's still a villain. And then the fourth film uh, was whenever he actually started to make his change to go from villain to hero. Like, he kind of starts out as a villain, but then by the end he actually becomes a hero, and that was uh, Ghidorah the Three-Headed Monster. And so they wanted to pretty much combine those four movies into one to where like at the beginning, he's a full on villain. And then by the time the movie's over with, whether it was going to be two, three hours long or whatever, and over a 12 year period in the film's timeline, he would eventually become uh, a hero. And that was their <clears throat> original screenplay that they came up with. And then it was at that point that Debont was hired, brought on as the first director, and he pretty much took that script and was like, nah, I don't too much care for this. Kind of changed up all kinds of things, threw this out, added this in, took away the whole 12-year time uh, timeline thing and all of that, and that's whenever he started adding his own stuff about Godzilla being artificial, uh, created by Atlanteans, would end up fighting an alien and all of that kind of stuff. And so that was pretty much it for, for their script. Um, <clears throat> so DeBont, he leaves, he leaves the project. So they hire a man by the name of Don McPherson. And they say that they want him to rewrite the script. Re just rewrite it because they don't like DeBont's version. It was far too you know, too expensive, there was going to be too many digital shots and everything, uh, rewrite it to lower the budget so that there would be more scenes dealing with humans and uh, less dealing with Godzilla and less monster action 
and all of that. <clears throat> because in the original film that they had come up with, Godzilla was going to be just about in every single scene. Like, from the beginning to the end, he was going to be in, like, 98% of the movie. And they were basically like, we cannot afford to make this version of the movie. It can't happen. So, he rewrote it. He changed up a lot of things. And lowered it down to about $80 million. And he changed the Godzilla design... Like, obviously, whenever uh, DeBont came on board, since he was going to be kind of like an artificial uh, creation, he had made some massive changes to Godzilla's design. I don't know the exact changes that were made, but it wasn't going to look like classic uh, Godzilla. So whenever McPherson was brought on board to rewrite the script, he changed Godzilla's design back more to the original Toho design. Because that's... That's Godzilla. Like, why, why would you change him so radically to where he doesn't look like Godzilla anymore? So he changed him, changes him back to reflect the more, uh, reflect more of the Toho version. Less destruction that was going to be in the movie. Uh, took out a whole lot of scenes with the monsters because he felt that by the time the midpoint of the movie would come on, come around. There, would be, there was going to be so much kaiju action that he felt that the audience was going to have monster fatigue. Like, at, at first, they'd be like, oh, man, this is great. Look at all these monsters that's fighting each other and all of that. But then by the midpoint, be like, okay, well, I'm just watching just monsters basically fight each other. And it would get boring. It would get predictable. And so he eliminated all of that stuff and pretty much brought the budget back down to around $80 million. Now, for those of you that want to know this, <clears throat> all of that took place in 1994. If you truly want to, um, to see how that story came about, there is a digital graphic novel that was done by one of the artists that did uh, some of the concept art for that particular, particular version of the screenplay, and it's online. I'm going to share the link on uh, my Facebook, Kaiju Carnage. And uh, it has the same profile picture as the, uh, as the podcast and everything. I'm going to share the link there. And you can click the link and you can actually read a graphic novel of all of this version of the script that I just got done talking about. Um, personally, I haven't read it. I just really haven't brought myself to actually be able to read it, but I'll probably read it eventually. But uh, the graphic novel is called Godzilla 94. And like I said, it's online in its entirety. And I will be sharing the link later on today. So if anybody wants to uh, actually read the story, go right ahead and we'll be able to get, uh, you'll be able to get that done. So they bring the movie back down to about 80 million. Well, now, you know, because DeBont had left, they need a new director. <clears throat> so, they bring on a team, which is a director and a producer. The director's name was Ronald Emmerich. The producer's name was Dean... De um, <clears throat> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> Devlin. Um, <clears throat> kind of had a, a blank space there for a moment. So, yeah. The director is Ronald Emmerich. The producer is Dean Devlin. And they bring these guys on 
1996. Now there's just one problem with these two guys. <clears throat> they do not want to use or touch anything that's been presented so far. So all those other script rights and script changes and the Atlanteans and Moby Dick and all that kind of stuff, they, they look at it, they're like, this is all garbage. We don't want anything to do with it. And they came on board to TriStar to make this movie with the sole condition of they would have complete and total creative control to be able to do whatever they wanted with this movie. And very, very foolishly, TriStar gave them that permission. And so they did it. Now, rewind back in time. Whenever they were originally trying to find a producer and a director to make this movie, these two guys were actually TriStar's very first picks to be the director and the producer to the film. But they didn't want it, just like all of the other people. Same exact reason that nobody else wanted to touch Godzilla. They thought it was a dopey idea. That was their exact words. Dopey idea. And they were just like, no, nope, we, we don't want to mess with it. We're not, we're not doing it. So <clears throat> TriStar passed them up. They bring on, you know, other script writers. They bring on Debont. Everything is not going the way that they want it to go. It's not, and all that kind of stuff. So now do they need a new director, a new producer. They reached out to them again. And then that's whenever they basically give them the deal. We will only do this if we have complete creative control. And so TriStar, they wanted them very desperately. And they just, they told them, yeah. So brought them on board. And one of the very first things that they decided to do was no monster fights. They had, TriStar had secured the rights to use other Toho monsters. They were also, TriStar was also going to create their own original monsters. There was going to be a lot of kaiju action in the original script that they came up with. And Emmerich and Devlin said no monster action at all. They just, they did not want any monster fights. They thought it was silly. They thought it was stupid. And they just didn't want to mess with it. So, no monster fights. And they decided to <clears throat> go back to Godzilla's roots. They did actually did this correctly. They decided to go back to Godzilla's roots. Move away from the whole artificial creation and all that stuff. And pretty much give Godzilla his atomic origin back of being a byproduct of the atomic bomb. Everything else about Godzilla, they ignored. They flat out said, ignore it, pretend it doesn't exist, we're not going to mess with it. The, the, for the design of Godzilla, we, we all see the design that they ended up landing on. It looks nothing like the Toho Godzilla. About the only thing that's the same are they have dorsals. They wanted to completely reinvent Godzilla. And the reason why they wanted to reinvent it was because, to them, they said that the original Toho Godzilla didn't make any sense. Said, 
there's no way a giant monster like that would stand up right. That would basically walk and stand, run, everything, fight exactly like a human. It just didn't make any sense to them. So they're like, we're completely going to reinvent the character. They wanted to create more of a giant animal as opposed to a giant monster. And that's what they did because they felt that the Toho versions, quite frankly, was just too fake. So they bring in a guy by the name of Patrick Tatopoulos. Yes, y'all heard that name correctly, Tatopoulos. Nick Tatopoulos, who is the main character in the movie that's played by Matthew Broderick, uh, is named after Patrick. So they bring Patrick in and said that they want him to completely redesign Godzilla, just come up with something brand new. His only instruction that he was given, the only instruction was, it needs to be able to run very fast and pretty much go from there. So he starts throwing out some ideas. He starts coming up with, uh, you know, making sketches and everything. I shared on my Facebook uh, yesterday uh, some of the concept art that he came up with for uh, Godzilla. Some of them look, eh, you know, all right. Some of them are look look pretty similar to what we actually got. But, you know, so there, there's some sketches of his work that's out there. Uh, one of the things, one of the things that he originally wanted this particular version of Godzilla to do that we actually did not get in the film was he wanted him to be able, his skin to be able to change so that he could blend into his surroundings. But uh, there was really no reasons given that was originally going to be a power that uh, this version of Godzilla was going to have. And just during production, they decided, no, we're not going to do that. And they got rid of it. So <clears throat> they start talking about like, okay, well, how are we going to actually show Godzilla in this movie? If we make him more animal-like, are we going to be able to do motion capture? Are we going to do suitmation? And Emmerich and Devlin were very much against any type of suitmation whatsoever because they just felt that it would make it seem too fake. Like the audience would just be able to tell that's a guy in a suit. And so suitmation was immediately thrown out. Um, so the next thing that they went with was they wanted to try with motion capture. And they brought in an actor, told him how they wanted him to stand, how they wanted him to move. And as he would do it, and they did some test shots, whenever they would look at it, they said it still looked too much like a man in a suit. But instead of wearing a physical suit, he was wearing a digital suit. And they said it just looks too much like a human in a suit. So that's whenever they opted to go with 100% digital effects for this version of Godzilla. Now, whenever Patrick was creating, I'm going to give you all a little tidbit of information here because um, I'm sure it's, it's something that stands out on this version of Godzilla. And I don't know if you guys have ever noticed it or wondered it, wondered it or anything like that. One of the main inspirations that Patrick had for creating this version of Godzilla, believe it or not, is Shere Khan the Tiger from Disney's Jungle Book. And, like, he just, he loved Shere Khan whenever he was a little kid. 
He knew he was a bad guy. He knew that he was evil, but everyone respects Shere Khan. Even people that watch the movie and you know he's the bad guy, you think Shere Khan is cool. You think, you know, you've got positive things to say about him as a villain. Like, you love to hate him kind of thing. And one of the things that always stood out about Shere Khan to Patrick was, for whatever reason, Shere Khan's chin. If you watch the cartoon, he has a pretty, you know, a pretty big chin. And so he wanted to make his version of Godzilla to be kind of like Shere Khan, to where, like, yeah, he's the villain of the movie, it's a monster, but he wanted people to be able to respect it and everything like that, and just so he could sit there and say, to put his little twist on it, his little design to where, like, okay, this is 100% mine, that makes it personal to me, he gave the 98 version of Godzilla a very broad chin, like a very broad lower jaw, just because he liked that particular trait on Shere Khan in the, uh, the Jungle Book cartoon. <clears throat> so, all of that gets done. And remember what I said a few minutes ago. They still needed to get permission from Toho to approve every bit of this. And so after everything's said and done, they completely redesigned Godzilla. They've written, you know, the script of how it's going to be and everything. And so now, here's the moment of truth. They have to present it to Toho for Toho to give their stamp of approval. So... What they did, they created four art pieces that was going to be official art for the kaiju, not just sketches or something like that. They were official images saying this is what he is going to look like. He is not going to change from, from this point on. And they created one model. So they go to Toho. They get into the office. The Toho representatives are there. They have everything like under a cloth, you know, for effect and all of that. Boom, they pull the cloth off, there's the model, they slide the sketches to the Toho reps and they're sitting there looking at it. The Toho reps were silent for about three minutes. They just kept looking at the sketches and passing it back to one another and they would get the model and look at it and they did not say a word for about three minutes. Finally, one of them breaks the silence by looking at Emmerich and says, Can you come back tomorrow? Emmerich flat out says right then and there that he believed that he lost the movie. That they were like, no, we're not gonna, we're not gonna mess with this. And the Toho, the main Toho rep, I can't uh, think of his name right now. He was basically like he expected it to look more like their classic version of Godzilla, and that they would maybe have to tweak a few things here and there, but. He was not expecting a completely revamped, redesigned version of the monster. And so that's why he, he personally was in shock and was just so silent the entire time because he was just looking at it like, what am I supposed to do with this? And so uh, the meeting is over. The Toho reps all get amongst one another. They're sitting there talking. They're having, you know, some of them were like, ah, we think it could work. And other ones were like, ah, I don't think it'll work. It's too different and this and that and everything. So what do they do? They go 
to the man that basically would be like he should have the final say 100% in this redesign. They go to Tomoyuki Tanaka. Tomoyuki Tanaka is the creator of Godzilla. He was not at the meeting because of his failing health at the time. So he couldn't be at the meeting. So they actually go to his home. They show him the sketches. They show him the model. They pretty much let him know everything. This is what the Americans are wanting to do. Some of us are okay with it. Others of us are not okay with it. And before we say anything, we wanted to know your opinion. And Tomoyuki Tanaka, whether if you're a hater of this movie or not, I'm very sorry. He gave his blessing. He liked the design. I know a lot of people are very upset about the design of Godzilla for this movie. And they're like, oh, I hate it. It's too different. I can't believe that they did it. Uh, and this and that and everything. The creator of Godzilla absolutely 100% gave his approval for this version of the character. So, I mean, I'm not saying that that makes it good or bad or anything like that. I'm just saying it's pretty good... Uh, it's a pretty good guy to have in your corner for a redesigned Godzilla if the creator of Godzilla very much uh, liked the design. And so uh, Toho approved. And they said, okay, time to start working on a script. Like the final script for the movie. And <clears throat> Emmerich and Devlin, they go to Mexico. Emmerich had a vacation house in Mexico and they hold themselves in this vacation house for five and a half weeks and basically really start hashing out uh, all the things about Godzilla and all that, what his traits are going to be and all of that. And it was during this time that they decided this version of Godzilla was not going to have atomic breath because, again, they felt that the atomic breath thing was way too fake. It was too outlandish. And so they eliminated it. They didn't want him to have anything related to it. You know, there's just one little problem with that. That leaked to the public. And whenever the fans found out that this version, they had already heard there was going to be a massive redesign and fans were already kind of eh, sketchy about the project moving forward. But whenever they found out there was going to be no atomic breath, it was just fan outrage. You know, like, making cults saying that they weren't going to watch the movie or anything like that, like boycotting the movie and all that kind of stuff. It was just, it was bad. So they decided to want to come up with something that was a little bit more realistic than the atomic breath. And there's two scenes in the final movie where you actually see this particular trait take place. <clears throat> just for this, I don't really know what to call it, it doesn't really have a name. I'm just going to call it a push breath. And basically, the first time we see him use this uh, this power is whenever the military is chasing him for the first time. After he's eaten the fish and he's running away, he's going down the street. He turns around and he roars. And lots of people think, okay, he's just roaring. But then you see all the cars start flying back towards the military. Um... Uh, Everything in, gets engulfed in flames. 
the military vehicles start flipping backwards and everything like that. And then the other time that we see him use it is at the end, whenever he's chasing uh, Nick and Audrey and uh, Philippe and Animal, whenever he's chasing all of them because they're responsible for the death of his children, he does it towards them, but they're able to uh, evade it. That's the only two times he does it. Now, what happens was, to make it a little bit more realistic, <clears throat> they basically would make it to where, like, his breath, there was something about this version of Godzilla's breath that if it met an open flame, it would cause the oxygen around that particular area to be engulfed. And so whenever he roars... It sends out a massive sound wave. That's what knocks everything back. All the vehicles are flipping and all of that. But then if his breath also touches that open flame, you have kind of like a flamethrower effect. And that's why both times he does the roar, not only is everything flipping around, but everything gets engulfed in flames because he has somewhat of that flamethrower effect that's going on. <clears throat> and the other thing that they decided to add in because they were like, okay... Like, this is good, but it's not quite as good as his atomic breath that the fans really, truly want. So to make him seem a little bit more unstoppable, or at least this species to be a little bit more unstoppable, it was at this point that they threw into the script about him being able to lay hundreds of eggs at a time, and then whenever the uh, the offspring were born, that they would also be capable of laying eggs right from the get-go and that uh yeah that's basically how it would go and so everything was good they turn in that script everything was approved they're like okay let's go with it they decided to go with a more digital approach than practical approach like for Godzilla, you know, because I talked about before they wanted to, they talked about using uh, motion capture and that went out and everything. So they 100% decided to go with just doing it digitally. And, you know, they originally, TriStar wanted the script to be at about, I mean, the uh, production to be at about $80 million um, to make it. They kicked the first director out because he wanted his script to be, his script was going to be at about $120 million and they gave him the boot. Now that these guys are in and they decided to come up with everything they were coming up with and they submit their final budget for the movie, what was the budget? $120 million. What did TriStar do? Approve it. So, <laughs> like, you know, all of this is taking place in like 1996, 1997. They've had the, you know, they've been trying to get this movie off the ground since 1992. So at this point in time, TriStar is just like, okay, you know what? Just go ahead, do what you want. Let's try to make the movie. And so they decided to go with a more digital, uh, a more digital version of the movie. There were 400 digital shots in the movie. 185 of them feature Godzilla. So of all the digital effect shots that was done in that movie, Godzilla is in nearly half of them. Twelve of those shots were done with practical effects. And whenever I say practical effects, you know, that's like 
if you've seen the movie, at the end, whenever the uh, eggs hatch and the little baby the little baby Godzillas are running around and everything, it swaps back and forth from a mechanical version of baby Godzilla to the digital version. So that's where the uh, practical effects came from was with the baby Godzillas and all of that. For shooting, it had uh, three different locations. In New they did the New York scenes. <laughs> Oddly enough, the movie is supposed to take place in New York. They only shot in New York for 13 days. The rest of the movie was done in Los Angeles. And then uh, for the tropical scenes, like the beginning with the iguanas, uh, you know, swimming around and all of that kind of stuff and everything, all of that was done in Hawaii. And the only other thing really of note that I could say during shooting was uh, the F-18 pilot that you see, the one that's uh, flying around and talking about, you know, saying where Godzilla is and they see him on the bridge and firing the missiles and all of that kind of stuff. Like, that was an actual Marine Corps pilot and he was actually flying a jet whenever they filmed that scene. Other than that, shooting the film went relatively smooth. There was not really any any issues shooting the film. They pretty much, they got out there, they started shooting, and they pretty much got it done. Now, one thing that was actually considered to be a success about the movie, <laughs> regardless of every other thing that went wrong while making it, was the soundtrack to the movie, which actually peaked at number two on the Billboard 200 and actually uh, got certified platinum. And, well, that's, you know, <laughs> that, that lets you know about the success of this movie whenever the soundtrack is uh, one of the highlights of its uh, success. Now, as far as marketing for the movie goes, they really wanted to try and keep the appearance of Godzilla a secret until the movie premiered. And so anytime there was ads that were being done for the movie, they wouldn't show Godzilla's full body. They just didn't want to let audiences see him until they actually went to go see the movie on the premiere. So they could really only show his legs, his tail, maybe the tips of his dorsal fins and everything. One of the more well-known and successful ads that was taken out for the film, which I'm sure everybody remembers, is the Taco Bell ad with the little Taco Bell dog. He was sitting there with his little box and he's trying to lure Godzilla out. He's saying, here, lizard, 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 and, and all that. And whenever uh, Godzilla actually shows up, he says he thinks he needs a bigger box. <laughs> like, you know, they just did little ads like that. You don't actually see Godzilla in the commercial. You just see bits and pieces of him. So you really don't know what he was going to look like until you actually went and seen the movie. Now, one of the teaser trailers that they did for the movie was a uh, Godzilla's foot came crashing down on top of a T-Rex. like Or a T-Rex uh, skeleton or something. I can't remember if it was an actual T-Rex or just a T-Rex skeleton or something, but it was just a teaser of his foot stomping on this. That teaser alone actually had positive reactions from fans and uh, Toho and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, it was getting people hyped up for the movie. 
and so yeah that's pretty much how marketing went and after uh the movie was released uh just going to give you all some numbers here real quick it actually made 397 million dollars worldwide in 1998 which doesn't sound like a whole lot especially by today's box office numbers where you know big name movies is nothing for them to generate you know about a billion dollars or so but to kind of put that in perspective for y'all you know because prices were very different in 1998 versus how they are now and so in uh it generated $379 million in 1998. Adjusted for inflation in 2013, that is the equivalent of $633 million that it made in its box office run. That's adjusted for 2013. It may actually be higher now. So it actually had a pretty decent box office run financially. And not only... For the box office run was it a success but it actually generated about 400 million in merchandise sales which is you know the soundtrack <clears throat> uh toys t-shirts all that kind of stuff and everything uh mugs cups you know whatever just any kind of merch that it was so adjusted for inflation 300 i mean 633 million dollars plus the 400 million uh for merch sales it actually made altogether over a billion dollars for the studio. So financially, it was successful. Unfortunately, not every movie, it's not, finance, finances does not equate success whenever it comes to movies. There's been lots and lots of movies out there that has generated crazy amounts of money that was not well received by fans or critics or anything like that. This is absolutely the case for this movie. It made lots of money for TriStar and for Toho, but it was not well received at all. It was polarized by critics and fans. Uh has one of the worst receptions ever on like IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes or anything like that. It was just it wasn't good and <clears throat> You know, they didn't really just criticize Godzilla. They also criticized, like I mentioned very early on in the episode, they criticized the dialogue. They criticized the acting. They criticized the uh, casting. And, like, it just, overall, nobody was pleased with the movie. They were very upset with it. And um, one of the things that they that most fans really did not like about this version of Godzilla is the fact that he ran from the military. Ever since the first film, you know, Godzilla has been like, you know, very, he's, he's not afraid. He's not afraid of the military. Whenever they would send airplanes or tanks or whatever at him, he would just wreck them like there's no tomorrow. And so in this movie, anytime the military would show up and start firing at him and his very first initial thing to do was just turn around and run and then it becomes, you know, a wild goose chase, basically. Fans were not happy about that. And uh, they very much did not like that he did not have the atomic breath. Even though he was given that push breath that I talked about earlier, it just wasn't the same. And those were like two of the big main 
complaints from fans that they just they did not care for. So Emmerich, who you know was the director of the film and everything, later on, many many years later, he actually admitted to regretting the film. And that he regrets not taking the franchise as seriously as he should have. He openly admits that he was not a fan of the franchise. He thought that they were goofy. He thought that they were unrealistic. He thought that they were mainly for kids. And so he just wanted to start over from scratch. And he thought he was doing something good. He thought he came up with a good idea. He thought the movie was going to be successful. But seeing the fan reaction, he very much underestimated how seriously... Uh, fans and Toho took the franchise and he's openly expressed regret for making the movie. <clears throat> Upon its release, Toho was not happy <laughs> in the slightest. Like they were, you know, they approved the design. They approved, you know, the way Godzilla was going to look and everything, but they didn't actually get a look at the final script whenever it was done. Toho pretty much was not happy with the movie for the same reasons that the fans were were not happy with the movie. They didn't like the fact that he ran from the military. They didn't like that he didn't have the atomic breath. And, like, Toho felt like it was just a slap in the face that this movie was made. And because, you know, as I said, they're very protective over the Godzilla franchise. And they just, they weren't happy in the slightest. Uh, two very known figures that were not happy were Haruo Nakajima, who I mentioned earlier, who was the suitmation actor for Godzilla for uh, from the 50s to about the late 70s. Uh, at first, he was very excited about the film. He ended up hating the final result, as well as Ishiro Honda. He was also very, uh, very excited about the film because he had directed a number of Godzilla movies, but... Whenever he saw this, he was just, he was also very, very, very upset. And so, yeah, the movie just was not well received at all from any, from anybody. Despite all of that negativity that came about, came about the movie, TriStar actually, because it was such a financial success, TriStar initially wanted to continue making more movies. They had an entire trilogy in mind whenever they first started this. And because it had done so well financially, they actually gave Toho $5 million more million for sequel rights to the film. And this next part of the movie, it's openly be, uh, the next movie that was going to be uh, in the trilogy, they openly stated it was going to be nothing like the first movie. Like they saw... The fan complaints that he ran from the military. It was just, you know, just the one kaiju that was in the film. They just weren't very happy about it at all. So they took all of those complaints and they were basically like, okay, we're going to try and do better. The next film was actually going to feature the Monster Island um, thing from the Toho films. And it was going to feature six or seven monsters as well, that Godzilla was going to be interacting with. Some of the monsters were going to be old, the old, like, original monsters from Toho, and some of them were going to be original kaiju just for that movie. 
So, uh, they pretty much pay Toho $5 million for the sequel rights. And they're pretty much told you got five years to try and make uh, another movie. And in that five-year time frame, they tried pitching it numerous times. Like, TriStar didn't really want to mess with it. They tried to go with uh, another studio at one point in time. They didn't want to mess with it. Nobody wanted to touch this movie. They could not even get licensing agreements done to sell t-shirts or toys or anything like that. Nobody wanted to touch this movie. That's how big of a disaster it was. And so they decided, well, since nobody wants to touch, you know, about two or three years go by of basically just being in development hell and... Since nobody wanted to touch the sequel, they actually talked about doing another reboot and making another movie that was in no way related to the 98 film. But still, nobody wanted to mess with it because even though it was going to be a reboot, everyone pretty much thought that the public had lost faith in an American production company trying to do Godzilla justice. And even though it was going to be a reboot, they were basically like, no, like... Nobody wants to see it. Nobody is enthusiastic about it. Nobody's looking forward to it. And, you know, nobody would still touch it. And so the film, uh, the rights to the uh, character actually expired and went back to Toho. Now, before they expired, in 1999, just one year later, after this movie came out, the movie was so negatively received, Toho decided to reboot the franchise themselves and start putting out more movies. The first movie that they decided to do was Godzilla 2000. It had an American theatrical run here in the States. I actually went and saw that one in theaters. Uh, I'm a big fan of Godzilla 2000. A lot of some people aren't very big fans of it, but personally, I liked it. Toho was not going to start doing more Godzilla movies until 2005. They decided to do it six years early because of how negatively received the 98 film was. So the Millennium series came about as a sole, like, the sole reaction to uh, the 98 movie being so bad. So that's why, like, you can thank the 98 film for the uh, Millennium series. Now, in the Millennium series, the film is actually considered to be canon to one movie in the Millennium series in particular. The Millennium series is kind of confusing in terms of continuity as far as it goes, you know, because the Showa era was one super long continuity. The same thing is said about the Heisei era. The Millennium series did not have one big structured uh, continuity. Like, every single film in there, with the exception of one, was considered to be a direct sequel to the original 1954 Gojira. And so, whenever Godzilla 2000 came out, it ignores all other films in the series except for the original Gojira. 
Now, whenever the next film came out that was called Godzilla vs. Megaguirus, it ignores Godzilla 2000, and it is considered to be a direct sequel to the original uh, Godzilla. Now, the next one that came out in 2001 was called, it's the one with the most mouthful of a title in the uh, Godzilla franchise, called Godzilla, Mothra, and King Ghidorah, Giant Monsters All Out Attack. In this movie, very close to the beginning, it is mentioned in the mo- in the movie that the Americans had encountered Godzilla, and one of the reps, one of the uh, characters in the movie, looks at the other one that said that, and pretty blatantly says that was not Godzilla. So, by saying that, that was a direct reference to the 1998 movie, making it to where it is canon to. The original 1954 Gojira, and then it's the 98 film, and then it's giant monsters all out attack. And <clears throat> so it does take place in that, in that particular little universe. Um, since they could never actually get a sequel to the movie or a reboot actually done correctly, there was an animated series just simply called Godzilla the Series. And it is considered to be the official sequel to the movie. Uh, I'm a big fan of the series. I have the series on DVD. I used to watch it whenever it would come on uh, on TV. I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. It picks up basically right where the 98 film leaves off. Uh, whenever the baby Godzilla hatches, Nick is there and sees it hatch. It imprints on him and views him as uh, his parent. And Nick and a few other characters, they form an organization called Heat. And the the whole series deals with them basically telling Godzilla where to go, what to do. There's other kaiju in the series, so people actually got to see uh, Zilla Jr. go up against other kaiju. They brought back his atomic breath for this series. It came out as like a green flame. But the Atomic Breath was back, and it's just, you know, the animated series was much more well-received than the movie was. Um, Toho was so upset about the 98 Godzilla that they actually rebranded the film everywhere in the world other than here in the States as simply Zilla. They made that movie its own separate thing and basically made it to where that was not Godzilla. They created a whole brand new kaiju just because of that movie. So whenever a lot of people, whenever they complain saying, well, they didn't like it because it's not like, you know, that's not the real Godzilla and this and that, you, you can honestly tell them, no, it's not. Toho made that official. That is not Godzilla. They actually trademarked the name Zilla and made it its own separate kaiju. So even though it is titled Godzilla here in the States, officially, as far as Toho is concerned, it is not Godzilla. It is just simply Zilla. And they actually have Zilla go up against their own classic Godzilla in the 2004 film Godzilla Final Wars, Whenever Godzilla is going, like, pretty much wiping out all the kaiju one by one, uh, Zilla is actually in there, and he tries to get into a fight with classic Toho Godzilla and is defeated 
very, very quickly. That was pretty much just a slap in the face to the 98 film. Like, this is what you get for uh, disrespecting our character. And they had classic Godzilla just wipe him out in, like, two hits to where he was, he was nothing. And uh, since then, you know, Zilla has, uh, he's appeared in a few comic book series from IDW. Uh, he's gone up against Godzilla, uh, classic Godzilla. Again, he didn't really fare all that well. So, like, he, he does have a fan base now because there were people like me that saw the movie, was actually a fan of the movie from the get-go. Uh, they pretty much really enjoyed watching the animated series and everything. And they're fans of not just that movie, but now that it is its own separate kaiju, he has a pretty diehard following of fans, and I'm one of them. Like, I love seeing Zilla pop up in comic book series and all of that stuff, and I'll, I'll, I really wish he would pop up more often, but most fans hate him so much, uh, Toho just doesn't really use him all that, all that well. So, uh, since then, the film does have somewhat of a cult following. There are lots of people that actually like the movie. There's lots of people that I know personally, uh, just in my personal life or even just friends that I have on Facebook that I've talked about it with. There are lots of people that I encounter that actually really enjoy the movie. So it does have a cult following at this point in time, but you know, it wasn't well received at the time. And <clears throat> you know, guys, that's uh pretty much it. It's pretty much all I've got to say about the movie itself. Um, so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, I, I really don't have anything else to say about it. That pretty much wraps up the uh, episode on the 1998 Godzilla. Um, going ahead and uh, give the announcement what my next episode is going to be. <clears throat> uh, it's one of my all-time favorite, not just kaiju movies, but just movies overall. It is the 2013 Pacific Rim movie. Uh, that movie was pretty successful. It spawned a sequel. There's a anime series that's going to be starting pretty soon on Netflix. Uh, it's, it's, uh, there's comic books about it and everything like Pacific Rim is, uh, you know, it, it, it was a hit. It's one of the winners of the, uh, uh, American kaiju, uh, genre. So that's going to be the next episode. So, all right, guys, uh, if you guys have any questions for me, you know, just message me on Facebook. If uh, I'm always open to criticism, if you guys think that uh, you want to see me do something different or something that I could do better, by all means, just send me a message and uh, let me know. I'll see what I can do about it. Or if you just want to uh, shoot me a message and talk with me about Kaiju, then, you know, I'll do that, too. I'm always open to that. A, a few of you uh, message me pretty frequently to uh, talk to me about it and everything. And I very much enjoy uh, those interactions that I have. So, all right, guys, that pretty much does it for 1998 Godzilla. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Watch it with an open mind. Keep in mind, it is not officially a Godzilla film. If you haven't seen it in a while, go rewatch it. You never know. Your, your opinion on it may change. I don't know if you were aware that it's officially not a Godzilla movie now or not. But, yeah, just go... Go watch it, you know. I think a lot of its hate is completely 
undeserved and it's actually a lot better than a lot of people give it credit for. So, yeah, definitely go watch the movie if you haven't seen it in a while or if you haven't seen it at all. But, alright guys, that pretty much does it. Now, I'll catch y'all next time. This is Cal the Kaiju Guy, signing out.